Good morning and welcome. Happy Friday. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. We've made it through another week. The dog days of summer, one million degrees outside. Well, okay. (laughs) Maybe not a million, but it's hot enough uh, here in the Valley of the Sun. And I hope this day finds you well. It is, uh, well, let's face it, if you're listening, it beats the alternative because, uh, well, you woke up today, so 800-951-0592, that is our toll-free number. I am, I don't even know what to do right now. Gold and silver are both higher today. I know, it, I don't even remember. It's been weeks since we've been able to say it. Uh, gold's up, what, four or five bucks here. Silver's up about 15 cents. Uh, have we hit the bottom? Maybe. I think so. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, We had a lot of things to talk about. Larry Kudlow comes to mind. Uh, He was lying on national television today. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, The website at allamericangold.com. I'm happy to say, at least for right now, I don't hear the static. Uh, We did absolutely nothing. It's just we have no control. I will tell you, I got lots of updates. Uh, we, we are making actually we're making progress. We are going to get off this phone line. Uh, Ramon, myself, uh, the great engineers over at KXXT are are now involved in. And I was sending pictures of all of the equipment and all this stuff. And we feel very confident that we're going to be able to eventually get off of this phone line. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, which is really I think going to make it. Sound a whole lot better. Uh, Colorado, I know it's hard. And I know that a lot of you have been frustrated and all of these things. Good things are coming there. Good, good things are coming. We are, uh, it's going to take us a little bit, but we're making big changes. We're going to have a new web feed. So all of you that used to listen online are going to be able to do that again. Uh, We got some good stuff happening as far as uh, getting rid of some of the things that that uh, have been plaguing the station, and we're, we're, things are happening. Trust me on that. By the end of the summer, I think I, that's my goal. By the end of the summer, we're going to be off of the phone. We're going to have a much better sounding show. We're going to have Colorado back where it's supposed to be. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. I just wish it was happening right now, uh, but all in due time. And we appreciate all of you and all the, you know, for 22, 23 years we've been doing this. And every once in a while, you know what? It happens. Stuff breaks. It takes a little while. We're getting people trained. We're, we're, we're doing all kinds of great things. And, and when we come out the other side, I, I think everybody's just going to be super, super happy uh, and really set ourselves up for the next couple of decades. I mean, that's just. Uh, what the what the goal is going to be? So we appreciate everyone's patience, their understanding, and most importantly, we love it when you call us and do business with us. A lot of data points out today. A lot of adjustments uh, to the second quarter GDP number. Uh, you know, the Atlanta Fed, the uh, St. Louis Fed, they all got one now. Uh, all of it revised lower. I'll get to it. Uh, the biggest number. Out today with consumer spending, a big adjustment to the prior month to the negative. Remember, now that was 
uh, part of the reason for the overly optimistic, and of course I want to tour, I told you, listen, GDP is going to be, I, I'm, I'm confident, even after today, that it's still going to be above 3% for the second quarter. It's not going to be 5 uh, I, I really don't even see 4 uh, I do think we're going to get a three-handle. Unfortunately, uh, and really, what you re- ultimately what we really need to understand is, if you go back and you look here over the last decade or so, and maybe a little farther than that, uh, you really need to take the first and second quarter and combine them and and divide it by two, and the third and the fourth, same thing, because uh, they've got so many seasonal adjustments, and they're just wrong. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. They're they're wrong. I we should just go and talk about facts, and it'd be so much easier, right? When we could really uh, look at things and compare things relative to what they are. Uh, but but again, if they did that, right? And, and remember, they want to make us think that things are really better than what they are. They're bad. They are better. I'll say this. Thank thank you, Donald Trump, because they are better. Not pay for it, <laughs> but they're better. Uh, today, he uh, word broke that he wants to get out of the World Trade Organization, the WTO. I would love it, love it. Now, everybody on Wall Street, oh, he's just negotiating the art of the deal, right? He's going to get through. No, we need to get out of that thing. It's been bad for us, and I just I don't understand. Uh, people, and I guess I do, right? The, the Wall Streeters don't really want us to leave because the companies have enriched themselves by getting rid of, of U.S. workers, by by moving their jobs somewhere else. Their stock price has gone up. And so they just want it to be a negotiating ploy and all that. I hope it's more than that. I mean, it, it's high time we started looking out for number one. And when you do that, good things tend to happen. That's all I'm saying. 800-951-0592. We're going to talk about Larry Kudlow's comments this morning. You all know, I do not like him. And and I'll tell you, it's not, I don't know him. It's not like I even know Larry. I don't know him. I know his record. And I know that he does not tell the truth. And today was another example. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. And so here's the problem with the media. And I think this is what everyone gets upset and frustrated and nobody. You know what? I get why people don't want to listen. I do. Because you either got to believe nonsense. And, and I used to be one of those guys. I, I Man. I really, I you know, and I know it's wrong. I don't believe this, but I think it'd be great. Is you shouldn't be able to vote for anything until you're like thirty. You got to live a little bit, you know, before you really understand. You know, uh, and I tell the story. You know, like when I met Eric and all this and that, and I used, I believed everything. If Bill O'Reilly said it, if Jim Cramer said it, Larry Gudlow said it. I believed it. If it was on CNBC or Fox, I believed it. But it's just not true. And I think as people get older and they understand, they just they want to tune out. Right? Because it's either one of two things. You either got to be the Kool-Aid drinker, right? Which is, hey, I, I'm, 
nothing bad has ever happened to me, right? And there are people out there, trust me, they're out there. Nothing bad's ever happened to them. They went to work in the corporate world, and they, you know, they, they have their job, and they're happy, and they drink the Kool-Aid, and they think the 401k plan's the greatest plan of all time, not realizing what it was they could have had had we still had pensions. And one of the problems is the media is getting smaller. And what I mean by that is there's only a handful of companies left now, and they own it all. And forget about, you know, nationally we know, right? We know there's Fox, right, and ABC and NBC and CBS, right? We, I get that part. And they own all the television markets in the big cities, right? You know, Phoenix and L.A. and Chicago and New York. Those are all what we call corporate-owned. The smaller markets, they're owned by players that you some of them you've heard of, some of them you haven't. My brother is a great example. My brother, Matt, who lives in West Virginia, He's uh, very, very successful. He's in the television industry. And I talk about him once in a while. And he always says, this, this is a dying industry. And, and, of course, what he means by that is there's so many other outlets to get information now, right? It used to be, you know, think back to, like, the 1930s, 1940s. Everyone listened to the radio. Right, and then the TV came along, and radio didn't die. Radio's not dead. I'm on it, right? It's not dead. But but let's face it, less people listen to the radio today because of television, right? And now, of course, you've got the internet and all this and that. Well, he worked for a company called Gray. Okay, they just bought Raycom. Raycom. Is the name? Sorry, Raycom. They just bought Great Television. Just bought Raycom, and what that means now is one company that you've never heard of, which my brother works for, has for a long time. They now own twenty-four percent of all U.S. television households, right? As far as the media content. For one out of every four households. So you think about it, they're in all these markets, you know, from Cleveland, Ohio, to West Virginia, to Tulsa, to Midland, Texas, and all these, right, all these places. And they're the ones that dictate, and and it doesn't matter, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, right, that's them. And a lot of these markets, and a lot of these markets, they own Half of it. And so you're going to get all of the same little, you know, the the message. Like I said, it doesn't matter because just a handful of companies control what you hear. So today, as an example, if you happen to be up at 4.30 a.m. Arizona time, you would have seen and you had Fox on you would have seen Larry Kudlow being interviewed by Maria Bartiroma. 
And I was watching it, and I was like, you know, and, and I know that Larry had a, a mild heart attack and all in that, and so this was kind of his new coming out party. And they were talking about the tax cuts and, and growth and this and that, and Larry Kudlow said that the U.S. budget deficit is coming down rapidly, right on national TV. And I was waiting for Maria to say, come on. All right, Larry. Calm down. We, we Okay, right? Because he's an exaggerator. He's a liar. Okay, because that was a lie, and he does it all the time. Not a word. Not a single word. So anybody that was listening, and if they drink the Kool-Aid, are going to get a misconception about what's really happening. So I actually wanted to to check about how big of a lie was it. From October, okay, that's when the government's fiscal year starts. By the way, all the state budgets and a lot of, as a matter of fact, I was talking to one of our one of our customers. Forty, it's either forty six or forty eight of the state's fiscal year starts next week. Starts July first. For the federal government, it doesn't start till October first. But from October 1st through May, we don't have June yet, the deficit a year ago was $433 billion. The deficit this year, $532 billion. Now, I know I only went to public school. Okay, but uh, $532 is a whole lot more than 433. Matter of fact, that's 23% higher. And he's out on national TV trying to tell, oh, the deficit, it's coming down rapidly. Actually, it's the exact opposite. So then I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe that's not fair. You know, because... The economy, according to everybody, you know, it's doing so much better. How about if we just take May? Right? May, you know, the the last month here, maybe things are getting better. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe maybe it was worse in October and November and December. Maybe it was worse in January and February and March and, and maybe it was worse in April, but but you know, maybe it's maybe he knows something. So I looked it up. The deficit in May a year ago, $88 billion, okay, $88 billion. The deficit this May, $147 billion. The budget deficit for May was 67% higher than a year ago. It's actually going, it's actually getting worse, not better. And quite honestly, the fact of the matter is everybody that was there, right? Maria was there, but they were all there, right? The, the talking heads that you see every morning. None of them said a word because they don't want you to know. Because let's face it, Right? They don't want to deal with the problem. Right? They don't want to, 
to to have to talk about what really needs to happen because if they did, then they couldn't say how great they are. For the fiscal year, last year's budget deficit, $666 billion. Right now, the CBO says this year's deficit is going to be $804 billion. It's actually going to be much higher than that. Probably going to be at least $100 billion higher than that. But in no practical term is the budget deficit, first of all, Not only is it not declining, it's definitely not declining rapidly. And really, the only answer you really could have is it's increasing rapidly. Kudlow made his announcements on Fox News in which he was discussing the Trump tax law, trade, and, of course, the Federal Reserve, right? He's talking economics. Part of the reason why... I didn't want this guy to get in there. Part of the reason why I tell you don't believe anything he says because he doesn't tell the truth. Of course, nobody calls him on it. Listen, it's okay to be positive. That's great. Be a cheerleader. That's fine. Just don't lie. So I actually went back, and 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 I wanted to, and, and again, I'm, and I only bring this up because. Well, maybe someone will bring it up to attack Trump, right? But instead of bringing it up to say, hey, let's let's all agree to, to just start telling the truth. Wouldn't that be great? So I went back because I wanted to give you the history of, of debt because I always say, you know, the deficit was $400 billion in 1971. If you believe deficits don't matter. Don't call me. Don't buy gold. There's no point. If deficits don't matter, there's no reason for you to own gold. If we can go $40 billion, $50 billion, $100 tri- billion, trillion dollars into debt and it's going to have no effect, then don't buy gold. Seriously, I mean that. If you own gold today and you have decided that you're Larry Kudlow and deficits don't matter, call me and sell But I'm going to tell you they do matter. Well, just look at what we're in right now. Okay, We're going to go somewhere between 900 to a trillion dollars. And again, small number. 900 to a trillion dollars in debt. And I wish we could use the real number because it would be almost two trillion. And we're arguing about whether or not we can grow at 3%. But you would think if we're going to go a trillion dollars into debt, we should easily get 3%. We can't. We got to go. We probably have to go 2 trillion into debt to get 3. And I mean 3 not and I'm not talking about 3 for a quarter. I'm talking about for a whole year, add all the four quarters up, divide it by 4 and get a number higher than 3. Because for every dollar we spend now, Used to get dollar for dollar. Hey, if we win a hundred billion dollars in debt, we got a hundred billion dollars of GDP. Now it's now it's like five to one. Maybe it's even ten to one. But I wanted to go back, and I wanted to look in 1971. The total federal debt was 23 billion dollars. Now, Larry Kudlow, if you remember, he worked under the Reagan administration. He actually resigned. 
some say over debt issues. I don't know the exact reason, but neither here nor there. We started at $23 billion. By 1975, the number was $50 billion. By 1980, it was $74 billion. By 1986, it was $221 billion. Oh, by the way, and it was so much higher than that. And I love Ronald Reagan, just like I love Donald Trump, but they both kind of do the same thing. They blow up the debt. Reagan's advantage was they were spending all the Social Security surplus money and not actually showing it as part of the debt. By 1991, so think about this. In 20 years, we went from 23 billion to 269 billion. And actually, we had, you know, the Clinton years, we had a few quote unquote surplus years. And then the millennial rolled over, and now things are starting to change. And guess what? Almost two decades in, they're going to change again. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Dangerous jobs tend to pay better, and they ought to. The workers are risking bodily harm, sometimes even death in these jobs, and we are grateful that some are willing to do this. The Department of Labor has done studies showing that less than 1% of the workers in these dangerous fields are women. Understandably, women are less likely than men to put their lives on the line in order to earn a paycheck. Women who have children may feel their first obligation is to their children. The occupation of roofing is a very dangerous job, but only about one-half of 1% of roofers are women. This means for every 500 roofers, only one is a female worker. Logging is the most dangerous job of all. It requires using machinery to chop down trees, often in bad weather, and then trimming and assembling the logs for transportation to refiners and paper mills. Logging jobs are open on an equal basis to men and women. Federal law prohibits any workplace discrimination against women, and the Equal Pay Act of 1963 ensures equal pay for equal work done by women. The average salary of a logger is nearly $15 an hour, which is better than the pay in other jobs like fast food or at Walmart. Ten percent of loggers make more than $52,000 a year, which lots more than receptionists make. But logging is hard, risky, and often unpleasant work. Less than one percent of loggers are women. It's not due to any discrimination that most women dislike those dangerous jobs. There were more than 4,500 workers who lost their lives on the job in the United States in 2015. And there's nothing unfair about men making more in those jobs than women make in safer jobs. 
For more than 50 years, the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles has been mailed, broadcast, and posted online, allowing eager Americans to follow her traditional conservative perspective. We continue that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com, archiving the past, addressing today's key issues, and staying alert for the future. So bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-955-1111. The first time in a while, gold and silver both higher this morning. Uh, Gold's 1,250. We'll round up here. 1,255 on gold. Silver, 1,610 uh, on on silver right now. Uh, Very last day, maybe-ish, depending on what will happen on Monday. But assuming the bottom is in, uh, U.S. Silver Eagles rolls a 20, 385. A better deal is those half dollars are still the better deal. So if you want rolls of half dollars at 130, uh, that's the best price per ounce. If you buy 25 rolls or more a half dollars, give you an even better price at, at 125 a roll. That is your cheapest entry point into the silver market. In the gold market today, yesterday was a great deal on those AUs. Today I've got our regular, you know, our good-looking 20s. You know what we carry, really good-looking. It's good-looking material. All here at the low end, which is where you want to be, I've got about 120, these are libs again, 1295. So, I mean, yesterday you got about the AUs at 1300. Those are gone uh, twelve ninety five uh, on the just our regular run of the mill twenty dollar gold pieces uh, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I will do this. I'll do the same thing I did yesterday. If you buy ten, I'll get you ten different dates, and I'll throw in the shipping. If you buy ten, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So let's talk about debt, shall we? So first in the 80s, right, we blow up the debt. Right, We went from a debt that was, you know, let's call it between a high of $70 billion and a low of $6 billion in the 70s. So somewhere between 6 and $70 billion. So let's, let's just say around $40 billion. Okay, about $40 billion a year. We get into the 80s. And all of a sudden, the number jumps pretty consistently to between 150 billion to 225 billion. Now, one of the things that happened in the 80s, interest rates fell. So we were able to save a bunch of money on interest payments to make up for the increasing size of the debt. And then in the 90s, the debt actually went from, you know, a high, the, the, the high watermark of, of the 90s was $290 billion. Uh, and, that, and that was 1992, by the way. And then the deficit, we got the pretend surpluses during the Clinton years, right? And then something changed. See, the debt kept growing, right? $400 billion, a trillion, $3 trillion. 
by the end of, of the decade, we had a deficit of $5 trillion. And interest rates were still were low, right? I mean, they weren't high then. And then the millennial turned over. The best year we've had in 18 years was 2002, where the deficit was $158 billion. In 03, it went to $378 billion. In 04, it went to $400 billion. Right in, in 05 and 06, it was $300 billion, $320 billion. 08 was $455 billion. Then we hit the trillion. Right? 09, 10, and 11. 1. 1.4, 1.3, 1.1 trillion dollars. And then it was uh, the, the low year. 439. That was the lowest we ever got again. So think about this. We never ran a deficit anywhere close to $455 billion. Well, wait, let me get it right. I'm getting confused. I'm confusing myself. Sorry. $439 billion. That was the low watermark after the trillions that we ran. Now, one of the things that we did then, so remember the 80s, we ramped up the debt, but we lowered the interest rate. We tried to do the same trick again, right? We ran up the debt, but we had interest rates to zero. The difference was, after the 80s, and when we got to the 90s, the debt did get a little better. It got better a little bit. And then it's, you know, of course, it started spiking again at the end there. But since 2015, $585 billion in 16, $666 billion in 17, 2018, right, let's, let's, I'm going to be kind and call it $900 billion. By 2020, we're going to have a deficit that exceeds a trillion dollars. You know, we could go back to those big years and say, well, we're fighting the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're not fighting any wars. But we're not in the middle of the Great Recession either. And yet, these are what the deficits are going to be. Here's the problem. We are in this elevator of debt. You know, Eric used to have it in the studio, this picture of Harry Figgy's book, Bankruptcy 1995. He was just off. You know what he didn't know? He was 20 years too early where he had the hockey stick of debt. We're at the hockey stick. This is it. This is the best it's going to be. And I kind of think about, you know what, maybe it made sense here that gold fell right here over the last, you know, month or so. Because this is it. This is the best time it's ever going to be. And what I mean by that is we got the tax cut. The second quarter is going to be the best quarter we're going to have. The dollar's too strong. Here's what's going to happen at earnings. All of the companies are going to come out and say, well, guidance is 
the dollar's strong, it's hurting our profits, and the trade war things were uncertain. You know that's going to happen. And this is going to be the best that it gets. The difference this time over the, you know, really going all the way through the age, the debt always went down. It's not going down. Right? If you think about what was the good time, well, according to the, the chart, the good times ended in 2015. Because now the debt's back. But here's the problem. Starting in 2020, the escalation of the debt really starts to pick up steam. Patriot Radio News Hour. Sorry, Larry Kudlow. Time to tell America the truth. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. That is the toll-free number. Listen, it's really clear. And I I wish it was going down dramatically. Wouldn't that be great? It's the exact opposite. Deficits matter. And why they matter is look where we're at now. You know, you think about it, why doesn't it feel nearly as good? And the answer is simple. Why why is growth so hard to get? If we're gonna go a trillion or two trillion dollars in debt, why can't we get GDP growth? We got a twenty two trillion dollar deficit. <laughs> and it grows, you know. I wish it only grew a trillion a year. It's it's growing so fast. It it's almost hard uh to really Get your arms around it. And they're pretending it's not happening, right? Larry Kudlow came out on national TV told America <laughs> are going down dramatically. Now, how about this? This one caught me off guard. And I know it's been a, it's been a tough week for, for gold. It's been a tough week for stocks. Uh, the Dow's actually up a little bit today, mostly on Nike. But I'll get to it. We had the stress test uh, on the banks. We actually had one bank completely fail. And three others told, yeah, you're not doing so good. We'll get to that in a second. According to the data out of Bank of America, for the week that ended June 27th, so that was, what, Wednesday, so Thursday to Wednesday, saw a second highest outflow ever in global equity markets in one week twenty nine point seven billion dollars came out of stocks. They had uh bonds had a seven hundred million dollar inflow gold which everyone's telling you nobody wants any gold gold again it wasn't a huge number. We had $100 million inflows into gold. 28, 29, almost 30. Let's round it. A $30 billion outflow of stocks. Says the weekly outflow in global equities, $21 billion of it in ETFs. You know what? That's the other thing, too. I'll say this. The ETFs, that's the new stuff. We didn't used to have ETFs. This kind of ETFs came around kind of after the crisis. These things are untested. 
right? They've only had the good years. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with ETFs as the stock, uh, the pressure starts to to mount. Uh, by the way, uh, the other, the rest of it, eight point five billion in mutual fund redemptions, the biggest amount in mutual funds in, in a half of a year. Uh, bringing it to the second largest weekly outflows from equities ever. Which is kind of, you know, you think about it, uh, the height of the financial crisis uh, was the only time that it was more. Uh, A lot of that obviously coming out of emerging markets, but it's something to be aware of. Don't believe everything you hear. One of the reasons why everybody listens, it does. You know what? You don't always act on it, but at least you're listening. Because I'll give you every time I'll give you numbers, I give you the facts behind them every time. And when I don't, I'll tell you, hey, I don't know, I haven't got it confirmed yet or whatever. You'll know. This is real, and it's happening. We can pretend that it's not. Listen, the Dow's done nothing this year. Nothing. And it's not going to. The path for the Dow and the path for equities is down. Rates are rising. That's not good for stocks. The dollar is rising. Not good for now. The dollar is rising. Kind of a misnomer, isn't it? But, you know, we're crushing Argentina, we're crushing Mexico, we're crushing India, right? We're crushing all of these emerging markets, and it's kind of that. Well, then again, in Europe, too, look at the euro getting hammered. I mean, all the people in Europe, that's probably where the inflows in gold are coming from, because gold's killing it in euros. But our turn's coming. Like I said, we've got the, the, the second, or this is the best one. This is it. And today, uh, on the news, so we had, let me give you the news that we had today. So we had consumer spending. The number missed by about half. So they were hoping for four-tenths. They only got two. That was uh, a May number. But the problem was they went back to the previous month and revised that down by half. So, so they went from eight-tenths to four-tenths, and then this month to two-tenths. Uh, and it got everybody revising GDP growth. Uh, the Atlanta Federal Reserve, that's the one you know they talk about all the time about the great GDP. And remember, I tell you, listen, the Atlanta Fed has a very stringent methodology. They always start real high because they, they, they start with the what I'll call the consumer sentiment number, right, the, the survey numbers. And then as the actual data comes in, they adjust. Remember, first quarter, it was 5.3, 5.4, right? and finished at 2. Yesterday, the number stood at 4.5. After today's economic data, the new number is 3.8. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I think we're gonna stay above three. I do, I want to. The problem is I don't know that we're gonna stay above three in the third quarter, and we definitely aren't in the fourth quarter. 
take advantage. We had a pullback. Take advantage. Stock up here. Uh, this is a five-year pattern that in gold and silver. Make sure you get in. 800-951-0592. Final segment of the week coming up. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour final show of the week. Uh, gold and silver show, showing a little life today. Gold's now up five. $1,256. Uh, silver along for the ride, $1,610, an ounce on silver. U.S. Silver Eagles rolls of $2,385. If you want to buy cheap silver, and I think you should, buy 25 rolls a half dollars at $125 a roll. That brings your price down to about seventeen and a half dollars. Uh, it's three thousand one hundred and twenty-five dollars. That is uh, the twenty-five rolls of half dollars is what five hundred half dollars. That's a that's a quarter of a bag of junk. That's what it equates to. That's your cheapest entry point into the silver market. If you if you can't afford the three thousand one twenty-five. Individual rolls a half dollars at 130 bucks, so that's like 18 dollars and 18 cents uh, an ounce. Where the Silver Eagles at 385 are at 19 and a quarter. See what I'm saying? See, for me, I don't care what kind it is. Right? It's U.S. minted material. I want to buy the cheapest. That's the best way. Gold side, there's no easier way. Twenty dollar liberties today, 1295 bucks. I mean, gold is now twelve fifty six, and 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 at least today, for the first time in in about three weeks, gold's acting like the bottom is in today, uh, and, and I I don't expect it to stay there very long. I really don't, one way or the other, uh, because again, the euphoria of what they thought, you know, people were th- talking about four and five percent GDP. That's not happening. I will tell you, the earnings are priced to perfection. The dollars is going to take its toll on them. So are higher rates. Uh, I don't see this big, you know, big thing happening. I could be wrong. I hope I am. just doesn't look that way. When we, we see the data now that's coming in from June, even the survey day, the consumer, uh, consumer sentiment today was down, right? We've seen the, manufa- the survey manufacturing numbers down. Uh, I think it's a great, I, the great entry point. I, I, I really, quite honestly, feel like you're stealing it here because it should have never been this low to begin with. There are two countries more than the others. Show how the Western world of order is going under a profound change. Japan and Turkey occupy the dis- two distinct and diverse geographical areas, yet they share many of the same strategic choices. Of course, what are they talking about? Moving away from Washington and moving closer to China, Russia, and India. Well, they throw Iran in there, but I don't think Iran really one way or the other uh, according to the, the latest, Japan and Turkey 
are now both drifting farther and farther away. Think about this. We know about Turkey, right? We've crushed their currency. Now Japan, they've stopped adding to our debt. And now we're starting to line up with China, who they don't like, and India and Russia. The whole new world out there. The dollar is going to be what? Yeah, it's going to be have less demand. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Have a great rest of your weekend.